Welcome to this episode of the End Time Podcast. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says that we are buried with him in baptism, the Lord Jesus Christ, wherein you also are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead to your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. The grace that came through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we want to introduce you the grace of God in our day. So in the Bible we read in Hebrews 13a, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That scripture tells us that he was the grace of God in the beginning, in the middle of the Bible, and at the end. Another scripture in Revelation says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. This is Jesus preaching the gospel when he was on earth 2,000 years ago. These are his words. He is con he's confessing who he is. Do you know that we are preaching the same gospel that he preached back then? Do you know that you and I have received the same commission in the last days? This is the last commission to the church. He said in Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hand on the sick, and they shall recover. That's the grace that we have received today, the gospel of truth. He continues saying in the scripture, I am the bread of life which came from heaven. Also, he says, I am the light of the world. So you talked last episode about how grace is a person, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And we talked about how that the grace of God is, is more than just, it's not just an influence. It's not just a theory. It's not just something that is out there. And it's also not something that you can say, well, I have, you know, I can just do whatever I want. And God just forgives me because I, I just say I'm sorry. But the, if the grace of God is a person, that means you have to accept that person to accept the grace of God, which the grace of God or grace is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the embodiment of the unmerited grace of God. Not one of us could deserve that God himself, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, the same God that filled all space and time, the same God that created the heavens and the earth, the same God who is above all and beyond all, and he's far more than we can imagine, would come down and embody himself in a baby. 
in the womb of Mary and would live the life that we live, would go through all the trials that we go through so that he could experience all the things that we experience and overcome and to provide a way, because that's the grace of God, that he's saying that you don't have to go through this alone. I know what you're going through, and I'm, I'm still the same God. I don't change. Just because I, I, I came down into a baby doesn't mean I'm a different God. Just because I came down and I died on a cross doesn't mean I'm a different God. Just because I ascended up into heaven and now I've sent back the Holy Spirit doesn't mean I'm a different God. All of the precepts, all of the promises, all of the grace, all of the, the sovereignty is still there. So if grace is that person of Jesus Christ, and Jesus would say, as recorded in John chapter 10 and verse 25, where Jesus said, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. He says, but ye believe not because you are not my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is the grace of God talking. Where he's not just putting it out there as something far out, but he's saying, my sheep, they're personal to me. They know who I am. They will hear my voice no matter where they're at in life. And I will call them unto myself, the same as I was here on earth, the same as I spoke to Abraham when he was out there in Ur and didn't know anybody. And I called him and I said, I'm going to show you a land and I'm going to take you there. I'm the same God today that's living in a person of Jesus Christ. My sheep hear my voice. I'm doing the works of my father and I do not change. And I'm the same God today that calls. I'm the same God today that chooses. And everyone that is my own will come to me. Because he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. Then he makes this phenomenal statement, which the Pharisees wanted to stone him for, which is, I and my father are one. So see, he's saying, I don't change. I was God, Jehovah. Now I've changed my mask, but I'm not a different person. I've just changed my form to come down into the office of sonship. But it, down in this, I'm still the father. I'm still one. I'm still God. And now I've sent my Holy Spirit and I've poured it out upon all flesh and I'm still God. I don't change. What, what's amazing to me when you look at now Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still God and he's the God that was then in, with Abraham. He was the God that lived in Jesus Christ, God dwelling in flesh, the same God. And he's the same God that dwells with us today. And when he offers you grace, there's a principle in the Bible that God doesn't change. If he did something a certain way and you meet the same conditions, he has to do the same thing. The same result has to happen. And so if you come to God looking for grace on the same basis that someone else has come to God looking for grace or healing or many other things, but if you come on that same basis, the same grace is a promise to you. It's not that, well, I know they got grace, but, but I don't know if God can do it for me but he is the same God. It's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, offering you grace. So we, we can say that the, the gospel that we receive is grace. And what we read in the Bible, what we talk is received by grace. Actually, even revelation is by grace. So the gospel that we are talking about is Jesus Christ manifested in flesh. It's the word of God 
for our day. And that word is dwelling among us. So Jesus walking on earth again in a human flesh. So we can say if we have Jesus, we have grace. But for those that they haven't received grace, there is an opportunity for you to receive. So if you know who Jesus is today, if he is your Lord and Savior, if he is your Redeemer, if he is your salvation, he is your healer, your provider, your guide, your victory, your peace, you have received grace. If Jesus is the center of your life, it's the grace of God that you are saved. So now grace is a gift. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.8, it's for by grace you are saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 14 says it this way. It says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come, speaking of Christ. But not as the offense, as so also is the free gift. It says, though through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. So it's not just that, you know, we know that the sin that happened in the Garden of Eden and from Adam to Moses, death reigned. But he's saying that even though through one man's sin, many died, through one man being the free gift of God, the gift of grace, Jesus Christ, which is the grace of God, which is abounded unto many. It goes on to say, not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. How many times have we offended the Lord? How many times have we done wrong? How many times have we fallen short of the glory of God? But yet the, it's a free gift of God. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. And so we have nothing to do with it. No, absolutely. The problem today is men want to try and say you can merit salvation. Yeah. It says right after in Romans 2 verse 8 it says for by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God and then it says not of works lest any man should boast and it goes on to say we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them he ordained it we are his workmanship it's not of our works we can't boast about it absolutely let me just say you cannot buy salvation you cannot buy your way into heaven you cannot do good works your way into heaven. I've heard it said that the Bible is simply a basic standard of do unto others as you would have done unto you, you know, do good to everybody. Sorry, that's not the Bible. That's part of it, but it goes so much more than that. There's so much more in the word of God than just do good unto others. That doesn't buy your salvation. Your salvation is grace. It's not by how good we are or how bad we are. It's a, the grace of God that we cannot merit our salvation. There's not one thing we can do. It's all amazing grace. I love that. Not by our works, but by grace are you saved. That unmerited grace. God, through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, has saved you and called you by his own grace. No man is saved by the works of the law. 
and give every other religion in the world as a standard for you to live up to, but you can't do it. But in Christianity, Jesus Christ offers you grace and then the power to live it. Everything else is based on what can you live up to. But this is something so different. So now we can say that grace is what God did for you at Calvary. He ordained you to receive eternal life. He saved you. He loves you. He justified you. He sanctified you. And he filled you with your Holy Spirit. All of these things are a gift from God. And we can only receive them by grace. So sometimes many people mix up grace and works. Sometimes we don't understand the reality of being saved. But as I said, grace is all that Jesus done for you at Calvary. So works is what you do for God in appreciation of what he did for you. There was a time in the life of Jesus that he came to a pool, the pool of Bethesda. In this pool, it was once a year, there was an angel that would come down and stir the waters. And the first person to get in the water was healed. But Jesus came down to this pool one day. Here's a man that had already healed. We don't even know how many. Recorded dozens. But the book of John even says the works that were done and the miracles that were done couldn't be fit in a book. But here comes the grace of God down to a pool, walks over probably dozens of sick people and goes to one man, goes to one person and heals one man. That's the grace of God. What did that man do to deserve that? There's nothing recorded in all of scripture that that man did anything different than anybody else. But yet the grace of God knew that he had the faith to believe. He accepted it. Jesus said, do you want to be well? He said, yes. He accepted that grace that was taken. Exactly. And it was given to him. My biggest question with that whole scripture is, why didn't everybody else around the pool go, what about me? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. If I would have been sitting there next to that guy, I would have been going, hey, what about me? Can I, can I get up too? <laughs> Not sitting there going, oh, that's nice. Oh, how'd that happen? I'll wait for the pool to be troubled and maybe I'll get in this time. Are you kidding me? God is here. Yeah. yeah. The water came to them. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's exactly the truth. Instead of them going to the water, the water came to them. So we can conclude and say that we are not saved for any good works. We are not saved because we are good people or because we have some gifts. We are not saved by speaking in tongues. That's right. So you are not saved for keeping the Sabbath. You are not saved for joining a church. You are not saved by water baptism. Mm -hmm. You are saved by grace through Jesus Christ. And what it does... Is, is it produces you a desire to live for God so that you do want to serve him, that you will do works. It doesn't save you. You're already saved. But the works that you do now are of appreciation to God. I think of a little story of, of Dwight Moody in, in Chicago. And after reading Romans chapter 7, and, and you can go and, and read it, he ran into the street and the first man he met, he said to him, do you know grace? And the man replied, grace who? Mr. Moody said, the grace of God. It so thrilled him when he'd seen how grace had separated us from the law and that the part that grace had played. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. For by grace are you saved through faith. Thank you so much for joining us today on the End Time Podcast. If you would like to write to us, feel free to write to etpodcast at etmtab.com. 
follow us on Instagram at End Time Podcast. God bless you.